Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Caitlin James podcast. This is a place where I like to empower entrepreneurs that are building small businesses to build them in a purposeful and profitable way. Um, and I, that is not the way I normally say that intro, but it, it, we're going to go with it. Um, I'm also trying to be a productive mom of four children, and so I'm not going to redo that. Um, I I'm excited to dive into a topic that honestly was not on my radar. Uh, it was not something I was going to dive into until this morning happened and I realized, oh, wow, I should probably speak to this. So let me paint a picture for you of what happened this weekend. Um, I Well, in the journey of my life as a person, I've been learning a lot about resisting like what I resist in my life is going to persist. It's going to continue to be a problem if I keep resisting it. So uh, I've learned this in a lot of different ways personally. And recently, um, I decided this weekend, you know, I think there's something I've been resisting in the photography world. and I'm going to stop. I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to try. And um, so I opened up um, basically an AI editing um, app. And I decided to try it out. Basically, let a robot edit for me and just see what happens. Now, I have tried culling with AI in the past, and I did not love it. Um, Maybe it's because I was in a season where I was still trying to control a little bit too much, but I didn't like the culling. I feel like it missed things that I would have kept. So I didn't have high hopes for this. Um, But basically what I did is that I took a lot, and there's a lot of photographers that have been asking for this. So if you are not a photographer, there is, there is a part of this podcast that, that can benefit you that will be great for you to listen to, but you're going to have to weed through a little bit of the technicalities of this. So there were no raw files needed. I just needed, I needed my hard drive plugged in that had um, like two weddings on it. And then I found the catalog from my editor. So these weddings had been edited. I plugged it in and I selected that catalog that had these edits on it. Um, and the app basically found connections to the raw files files on the hard drive and the edit it's the edits in the catalog and it loaded like 3000 um bits of information 3000 photos basically uh it it took i don't know maybe 10 minutes to get it in the system and then it said okay check back in we're going to make we're going to train ourselves and we are going to have a profile ready for you like tomorrow um it didn't take that long but the next day i was like all right so i imported some cold images into Lightroom and then selected that catalog and used the profile that it created from my patterns of editing. Now I have very clear patterns, like the consistency course. If you're in that course, there's literally a pattern I use in the tonal curve, um, in the develop module that I use for literally everything. It could be black and white, dark or sunrise shoot, super glowy. It doesn't matter. It's always the same pattern, just in different variations. So I'm very consistent in the way I choose to edit. Um, and the preset process has only helped that. So I'm not surprised that it was able to pick up on my patterns, but in a matter of minutes, it was like, Hey, here's your, here's your edits. See, see if you like them. And I, you know, clicked open and it applied all the edits in my Lightroom catalog for the senior session. And they were beautiful. I mean, beautiful. I was shocked, a little weirded out. That's how good they were and consistent. And like, like the, the heaviness wasn't too heavy and the skin tones weren't too this or that. Like it truly knows what my pattern was and it adapted them. It, I, I think it edited, I think it edited it better than I would in this season of my life. So that was a shock. So I posted quickly on stories and realized, oh my gosh, my DMs are blowing up. I should just do a reel. 
uh, I do a reel immediately, like great traction, you know, like 200 and some people like DM'd it to friends and people, you know, hundred some comments and it reached like 50,000 people. And anyway, so it didn't go viral or anything, but a lot of traction. And then I get texts this morning. Oh goodness. I get texts from multiple people saying, Hey, people in the private editing community are like not happy. I think one text even said like, you really crushed some dreams posting about that. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So from my perspective, I've been a tough place because I have photographers who are students saying like, how come you aren't telling us about how to use AI as a photography educator? And I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably look into that. So there's some pushback there. And then there's some pushback now from editors that are like, we're going to lose everything. We're going to lose our careers. AI is going to take over our jobs and like really upset about it. And I want to speak to that. I want to speak to all of this because this is not a representation of just um, artificial intelligence editing uh, raw photos. This is an opportunity to to look at our life in a different way. And I have my own story of where I've resisted things recently in my personal life. I want to offer this to any private photo editors out there that feel like they're about to lose everything and that are so scared and so upset to the point of saying things like, I thought Caitlin was our advocate. I can't believe she would share this. I think when that, when those words are the first thing that come out and that's the feeling that comes out, it's very human and very normal and very natural and nothing's wrong with you that you feel that way. But it is so powerful to be able to catch your words in your language and see the belief that's underneath all of them, because the way that you show up sometimes is the way you show up all the time. And the way that you react to this is probably the way you react to some other things in your life as well. And so if we could actually use this as an opportunity to transform the way that your mind works in seasons of scarcity, and you feel like you just got to survive, you you may see that it's life-changing what comes out of this. So let me break this down. This whole concept about AI taking over the photography industry, it's not just about AI, it's about life. So in life, we know a few things are pretty guaranteed. Change is going to happen. And there's going to be parts of life that seem so solid and so stable. Those parts of life will change. And that's when this concept and this topic that we're breaking down today is going to be applicable. Um, I'm thinking of like big moments, like one of your parents starts to get sick and they've been a huge part of your life, right? Uh, One day that may, one day my parents will get older and it's going to wreck our worlds when they're not the people that they have been to us and still are to us. And that will, I will have an opportunity to resist um, or surrender and thrive in that moment. So that's an example. Um, or professionally, something technologically is going to change and it's going to make us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it all. What do I do? So we're going to break down options here. There's two different options when events like this happen in life or in business or whatever, in relationships. You can either thrive or you can survive. And I want to break down the two um, kind of funnels of actions that happen in both of those scenarios. So surviving versus thriving. So survival, that sounds good, right? Oh yeah, you can, you can survive this. It's actually the negative here. Like we don't want to survive because surviving is what it looks like to show up in panic and in the victim mentality. And like no one is going to produce new things or new life in survival. Survival is just trying to keep what's alive alive and it's not going to grow anything new. Um, So in survival, we just had a coaching call with the amazing Julia Woods 
look her up. She's Hey Julia Woods on Instagram, and she's a gift to us. Um, and I'm going to break down what our exact conversation was in a minute. But all right, so in survival, the event happens, right? So it could be for us, the photography industry, this new app comes out, people are freaking out about it. All of a sudden, people are letting robots edit for them instead of me, a private photo editor. I'm just speaking as if I was one. All right, so that's the event. The first reaction in surviving is to resist it, to hate it, to bash it, to think it is nothing but wrong. And then beliefs from the past normally start to seep in. That could be something like, I pivoted to editing because I had to get out of shooting weddings because it was killing me. And now look, I'm going to have to pivot again. Like this happened to me in the past. I had to reinvent myself. This is miserable. I'm never going to figure out something that lasts. I'm never going to make it in this world as a photographer or in the photography industry. Like that's a belief from the past. And the automatic reaction is the next step. And that is, I'm not going to make it. It's going to be a struggle. I'm always going to be on the struggle bus. Then the next step is someone's going to email you and someone's going to say, Hey, I'm actually going to need to cancel my contract for this next year. And you're going to have proof. See, my belief is right. It's always going to be hard. See, it's always going to be a struggle. See, AI has ruined me. That is one. That is the column of survival. That's like the, the pattern and the path that your brain follows when you're in a survival system. The thriving system, let's, let's go down that line. The event happens, you accept it and you surrender to it. That sounds bad, but I've talked about this when it comes to James and losing a child. Like I had zero control over that. And, and so there was a gift in that, that I realized, you know what? I can't change this. I can't change it. And surrendering can come across as me being like, oh, throw up my hands. I surrender. I give up surrendering and giving up are not the same thing, not even close. So when you are in a thriving mentality or a thriving path of action, the event happens, you accept it and you surrender to it. So that means an app gets released and people are freaking out because robots can now edit and you see it and you're bummed. It doesn't change how disappointed you are, but the reaction and what happens in your heart and your head, that does matter. So like, yeah, that's a bummer. People can now get rid of my job. But it is what it is, right? I didn't create the AI robots. Someone else did and they're taking over the world. It is what it is. And I'm not saying I I love it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt people. I think it is a reality though. And I'm accepting that. And instead of going down the path of survival, where I start believing things from the past and things are never going to be good, everything's falling apart. I just say, all right, like, it is what it is. Okay. So the next step of thriving is that you're present in the then and now, like you're present right now in the midst of the whole event happening, right? You're not checking out and being like, Oh, I'll deal with AI later, which I think a lot of people have done. And then my reel kind of brought up this new fear of like, Oh no, she's talking about it. She is talking about it. Photographers are going to hear about it from her and she has influence and they're going to change and they're going to cancel contracts. And like, I can't do this. So I think that's what happened recently, like last night. So when you're thriving, let me keep going through this. You're present in the moment. You're like, all right, I'm not going to run away from this. I'm going to actually start processing through what do I do with this? And that starts to present new possibility and new opportunities to learn. 
I literally had someone say, I don't want to pivot and I don't want to learn something new. And that is okay. That is your choice. It's okay to be in a season of not wanting to learn something new, but that is going to produce something different than if you were in a season of thriving where you were open to learning something new and you were open to new possibilities. So when you're present and you're surrendered, that opens up your brain to create a new creative response from choice. Choice means I get to, I don't have to. If you are in a survival mindset, you are literally telling yourself, I have to pivot. I'm going to have to figure something out. I have to, I have to, everything's going to fall apart. There's no I get to's and there's no I choose to's. But when you're in thriving mindset, a thriving mindset is literally going to allow you to say, I'm choosing to figure out what's next for me. That is so powerful because your brain cannot think of creative ways to pivot or change or adapt or do something new when you're stuck in the victim mindset or stuck in the survival mindset. So new possibilities, this is the last step of this, new possibilities start to open up. Now, this is not manifesting. I don't, a lot of people get this confused. This is not like, oh, just willing yourself, like trying to change how the universe um, is going to pitch things your way. Like that's not, you know, that's not what we're talking about. And I also know that's not the definition of manifesting, but I'm, I'm just saying this is recognizing the power of what you let your brain sit in, because I'm, I'm going to break down an example from our own personal life. So if you're not a photographer, this is where your nuggets come in. One of our children is struggling. And for the sake of who it is, I'm not going to name names, but so when it comes to one of our children, he's struggling. I don't like that. He's struggling. This is what happens. And I realize this now because I'm in a new, I'm in a new season. A week ago, I was not. Um, When I was in the survival season with him, then when he would start to struggle and things in our home would start to unravel, it would push against my resistance. I wouldn't be surrendered to the fact that like, yeah, he's got a struggle here. And that's just a reality. Like I'm open to learning how to love him better. I wasn't doing that. I was just mad Um, because it, again, like the cycle, I'd resist it. And then a belief would creep in and then there'd be an automatic reaction. So he would start to struggle. It pushes against my resistance. I don't want him to be struggling. I don't like that. That's his reality. So I push against it. it makes me super stress sparks certain beliefs in my mind. These are the beliefs. Our family isn't peaceful. Our home isn't peaceful. This is never going to get better. I hate this. I can't keep doing this. Why can't things be different? And our coach was like, I think that your child, even though he's young, I think he can feel that in you. And instead of you surrendering to who he is and and learning how to help him, you're resisting it and you're pushing back against it and he can feel it even though you've never said it. We had a whole call about this and I was sobbing through the whole thing. (laughs) Michael was even, we called in together. Michael was even crying through it. Like we, it has been a a very um, beautiful but intense learning experience for us. So what does it look like? If I'm not going to resist this in my child, what does it look like to surrender to it? If I'm not going to, and so resistance is survival. Surrender is thriving. So if I want to thrive in this season with my child, if I want to thrive in this season of AI taking over editing, um, what does it look like to surrender? So for our example, personally, it's changing a mindset of like, well, I don't like this for him and saying, this is who he is. And from a faith perspective, it is not on accident. 
right? This wasn't a little whoopsie in God's plan. And it's like, I'm going to make this child struggle in this area. And it totally, when he was being created, it just slipped right through my hands. So sorry about that. That's not how God views us. Like, yes, we are not perfect people. This is a broken world. There is darkness. There is evil. There are, and, and there are consequences of the darkness, right? So we are not perfect people and people struggle with things. Every human being has struggles with things. And my child has a struggle with something right now that is not the end of the world, but it does make certain things tricky and it makes certain things in our home stressful. But if I can recognize it, like this, he's not an accident. This struggle is not an accident. This is who he is. What if this struggle, this is the next thing that comes from choosing a different posture when it comes to accepting the reality. What if this struggle is actually an opportunity for deeper connection and understanding for our family? Like what if getting to know this little boy at a deeper level and understanding more of how his brain works is actually a turning point for us knowing how to love him? Like what if by understanding him more, that actually changes behavior because he fully, we understand why there are outbursts. We understand why certain things are triggering to him and other things aren't. Like what if his siblings can actually learn to be more empathetic because their brother has this unique part of him? What if the meltdowns that happen, if, what if we stopped wishing them away, but we viewed them as like, this is our chance to break through to him. And I kid you not, this actually happened um, on Labor Day. He had a huge meltdown and we were like, and I, it's fascinating because Michael was in, uh, he was in thriving and I was just surviving, right? He, he stopped resisting and he surrendered to the meltdown where I was in the, I was in the bedroom leaning like with my back against the door, sobbing, like, I hate this. And Michael was like, just holding him and talking to him. And he had a breakthrough with him. Like he literally stopped screaming and we worked through it and we were able to understand more deeply and more, um, yeah, there were more details that he shared. We like, it's like we got a picture into his brain and we finally understood and he felt seen for the first time, maybe ever. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was awesome. And I remember thinking like you could feel the tension subside once we allowed him to like really process and verbalize why he was acting the way he was acting. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is what Julia, this is what our coach has been talking about. Michael didn't try to change him. He didn't try to fight back against him. He didn't sit in the corner and say like, I hate how like chaotic our life feels. He was just there. He was, you know, the whole phrase, like make a space for, I always thought that was such a woo woo thing to say like, oh, hold a space for this. Right. I understand it now though. Instead of resisting and pushing up against and trying to fight through it, just let it happen and hold just some open opportunity space in the room. And we did that with him. And it was amazing. The new possibilities that came from it. He felt understood. We felt understood. We came up with some new game plans for when that happens again. We have not had a moment like that since. It's a turning point for us. The next day, we had a coaching call about resisting. And literally, our week was amazing after that. It was because I, I'm not fighting up against everything anymore. So when I tell you that story, the point of all of this is that resistance breeds discontentment. It breeds a di- uh, victim story. And we're going to constantly in resistance, we're looking for evidence to make ourselves right. And then it further fuels us feeling sorry for ourselves. How is it going to serve my children? Well, if I am constantly in the state of like, oh, I can't keep doing this. 
like, oh, I hate how I hate this. Like, oh gosh, it's happening again. Oh, the meltdowns are happening. I hate this. That is not pushing me towards my vision. It is not pushing me towards what I think God has designed for our family. It is me wallowing in my reality instead of surrendering to it. And again, surrendering doesn't mean that I let my child walk all over me. Surrendering doesn't mean that I just throw my hands up and say, oh, we lost a child back in 2018. And like, oh, what can you do about it? No, it's like, okay, it happened. It is my reality. Where is the opportunity here? Because if God is a God of purpose and intention, then these things happening to me aren't just crappy parts of my life. They are intentional parts of my life and intentional parts of our story. The AI, the AI conversation in the life of someone who has a career in photo editing, it is not just this unfortunate part of your story that stinks and it's going to steal everything from you. But this is what's sad is that someone who believes that, that stays in a survival story that never breaks out of it, someone who stays there is going to prove themselves right. They will. They're going to say things like, this is the end of me. You know what? If you only stay there, it actually probably will be the end of you. And that's so hard because it is not easy to choose a different perspective. It's not easy to choose to thrive instead of do the cycle of survival, but it will change your life. If you allow yourself to realize that you have control over some of this. You don't have to show up the way everyone else does. Okay, so now that we've talked through the idea of like surrendering versus resistance, you know, that's a a great concept to apply to any part of your life, but specifically for photographers and, and photo editors to apply when it comes to AI and how it's taking over our industry. Um, I've actually already done a podcast um, about AI in the photo world. And um, I, I think the best thing that I could give you moving forward for the photography editors out there is to break down what this looks like practically, because it's great to tell you, Hey, this is what it's going to feel like to surrender. This is why you're getting no results because you keep resisting. That's powerful. But I think I need to give you some specifics and I have those for you. I did want to address the problem of um, a lot of photographers. And I mean, a lot of them think that this podcast is going to be explaining to them how they can set up and do um, AI editing for themselves. I am not there yet. I have, I have only sent over one session. I've never used them for a wedding, which is very different than editing a senior session where I had complete control over everything. Um, that will come later. And when it does come later, photo editors take a deep breath. It's not going to derail your entire business. When I tell the world, that, Hey, I used it for a wedding. And this was my response. I don't have that kind of power. I also wanted to tell you that the reason why so many people in the private photo editing communities have been just unraveling today is because they think that I have way more power than I do. You have to remember I'm a 35 year old wedding photographer that was in the heyday of shooting like crazy amounts of weddings back in 2013. Um, that was 10 years ago. And you, most people who are editors are editors because they were photographers before. And that means that you've been around for a while. You've been in this industry for a while and you've been doing it with me. And so you think that my voice is going to take away all of your clients. I guarantee you 
a lot of you think that your clients are listening to me and they're not. They're they're younger. They're in a different part of the industry. They're not they're not listening and following everything that KJ says. It's that's just not the reality. It's very flattering that you think that I have that amount of power. I literally had someone say to me today that we feel betrayed by you and we were all going to pivot, but now we have to do it instantly because of your, your post guys. My post was six seconds long. Um, Oh, this person even said, you need to think about your role as an educator before you share things and like what it's going to do to people's businesses. This is our livelihood. So uh, basically, I mean, I got a DM saying that like, I am going to be responsible for people not being able to feed their children because I posted that I tried AI editing on a reel. And now the world knows, all of a sudden the world knows because KJ shared about it. Guys, I'm not that powerful. Uh, Not even close. Um, AI has been around. It's been around for a while. I just brought it up because I tried it this weekend and I, whoo, I really opened a can of worms. Um, but this is what I want to encourage you with. Um, I'm not out to get anybody. I'm not out to hurt photo editors, businesses. If you have been following me for any length of time, what, what would my aim be for that? Right? Like I don't even have a partnership with a company. I I have no reason, like genuinely, I was just sharing that like, Hey, I tried it and it worked great. But I think from a, from a lot of different people's perspective, I was the person a decade ago who said, you know what? I'm taking a stand against the big time editing companies. I tried them multiple times and I didn't like them. And I made a lot of people mad when I said that I I had other people that, you know, friends of ours that owned editing companies and they were not pleased with me that I took a stand for private editors. And I said, it is worth it to find your editor and stick with them. And I think because that came from me and because I was, I was, and have been always an advocate for private editors, me showing that I used a robot to edit some images. It, it came across as like, if she is posting about this, then this truly is the end of me, which leads me to beliefs. Let's editors, let's break this down. What are the beliefs? You find your beliefs in your language. These are some of the things that I've read in my DMS. I thought she was an advocate for us. So jumping to uh, and I get, again, I'm not offended. I, this is coming from a place of fear. I'm not offended, but, but, but saying and jumping to, I thought she was an advocate. She betrayed us. That is going so far beyond just the fear that's doing a character call out. Like that's attacking, attacking someone's character saying she doesn't care about me. She doesn't care about us. She used to be our advocate. Um, and that's Okay right? Because you're, these people are not speaking as a group of people that want to cancel KJ. They're speaking from a place of extreme fear. Um, Other phrases that I've heard, this is the end. I'm going to lose my business. I can't pivot. I don't have the capacity. I have tiny kids. There's no space for this in my life. Um, The entire editing community feels like they've been betrayed. We were going to pivot, but now we have to do it faster because of this post. All these things that I have heard today, I, you, no one needs to message me and say, I'm so sorry. People are so mean to you. No one needs to do that. I am fine. I get it. People are scared. They are scared and they're overwhelmed. And in the midst of that, they're questioning whether or not I am in their corner. And I just want to tell you that I am. I, and I, and this is the reason I am. I don't think I would be a friend to you 
or a leader to you, if I knew that this was a problem and it was a reality coming towards you and I never spoke about it, right? And I realized that I'm going deeper because of the pushback and I just really just kind of haphazardly posted like, hey, this was amazing. Like the robots did amazing. They really did. But I'm going deeper now because I realize there's a lot of people that are living in so much fear. And I want to encourage you. I, I am, I've had experience in business and experience doing enough things that I realize that there, I can see it so clearly. This is a turning point. It's a fork in the road for certain people. And not everyone's going to choose the path that leads to growth, the path that leads to a great pivot, the path that leads to profitability and scalability beyond what you've ever experienced before as an educator. Not everyone's going to choose that. Some people are going to choose to be a victim to AI and they will shut down their businesses eventually, not right now, but eventually. And so I can't control which path you go down, but as an educator and as someone who cares about people in this world, I can tell you, I wouldn't be a good educator if I didn't bring this up. And if I didn't try to point you in the direction that I know as a serial entrepreneur that you have to go, I, good friends of mine, but our best friends, Buddy and Jill, we were just talking, they're really into the, my first million podcast. Um, and I, I haven't gotten into it quite honestly, cause I haven't had time to listen to anything, but, um, you know. I was telling them about everything going on and Jill was like, yeah, I mean, this is classic business. This is a classic business situation and people who are deeply rooted as entrepreneurs are going to find their way through this. And people who struggle with the victim mentality, they struggle to feel like the world, everything's happening to them. Everything is against them. I can't deal with this. Like, I get it. Like I've been, you just heard me talk personally about how I have been there. I was there last Wednesday. I was there. I get it. But not everyone's going to be able to get off that path. And I want to make it as, as clear and as hopeful. And I want to give it enough resource and background and insight to help as many people get on the right path as possible. So all those things in the language that I just spoke, those are things that I've heard people say. Um, and I was actually talking to Amanda from Cultivated Edits. She sent me, she took a big risk and sent me all these messages and just kind of shared a perspective. Um, and I, sh I really appreciated the perspective because she really put words in her sweet Southern accent, put words to the fear that a lot of people are sitting in right now. But she also spoke about how a year ago, how she and her husband um, have been working through trying to figure out how to make the pivot happen. And I, I think they would say that they have not fully arrived, but they've done a lot of hard work and they're getting there. And my encouragement to them is like, oh guys, this, this is what I'm talking about, right? She, her exact words were, Caitlin, it's just hard to create something that doesn't exist. And my encouragement to her was, Everything that has been a million dollar idea in my life has never existed. And it's been terrifying because you're not building upon something that you know works. It's all a risk. It is all a risk. And it's so hard, but gosh, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. That is the beauty of being able to see a need and feel, be like, all right, uh -huh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to create a solution to this. And they've been working on it. And I know they're not the only ones. I, I saw two or three other threads from other editors who have set up blended systems, who have dove deep into like, can I have tiered offers for my clients? Can I find a way to take advantage of AI, but also have a higher end, elevated, more luxury, high touch service? These people are doing exactly what I said. 
like exactly what I'm talking about. They're not resisting anymore. They've surrendered and they're moving on and they're building something and it's going to be awesome. I think what is so encouraging about all of this is that even though they haven't arrived, even though, um, you know, Amanda from Cultivated Edit, she said, you know, we, we did the hard work and we realized some things and we realized that like, we can't fully say that AI is ready to be maybe the wedding photographer's solution. Like we don't have enough proof that it can do what it needs to do to be the best option. No matter, she said, and I agree with this, if you choose to edit with AI, you're going to sacrifice something. Um, you're going to gain more time and you lose a little bit of money, but you're not, you maybe you're not going to have the consistency. It's not going to be exactly how you want because there's no anchor images. If you go the route of working with a private editor, you're going to spend more money. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer, but you're going to gain a perfected gallery if your editor is doing a great job. So it's a give and take and they don't have solutions fully of like how exactly can AI be integrated, but they're working on it. And they're learning things. And I told them, I'm like, lean in. Y'all should, y'all should be educating the world about what you're finding out. Show the editors, teach them about how, if, if you're, um, editing for someone who struggles with lighting, maybe it's a, a beginner photographer that's struggling to shoot consistently in even lighting, and they don't have a consistent editing style. AI is going to be a struggle for them. Uh, if you are working with someone who loves super artistic things, AI is not ready for them, right? It's not ready for everybody. And I love that Amanda was sharing that, like they're realizing that they're making a list of like who it's going to work for and who it's not. And that is the beginning of this, right? That's the beginning of figuring out the next season and the next system with AI integrated into it. So I also wanted to share that as I was talking with them, she was like, oh, my husband's having, you know, listening to you talk, he has new ideas coming in about what we could try next. That is the epitome of what it looks like to surrender and new possibilities emerge. Your brain defaults down, it, it calms down and you're not in fight or flight mode. Instead, you are able to access a creative part of your brain because you're not living in fear. It's it's scientific, guys. I'm not making this up. You literally are able to, to see creative possibilities when you surrender to the issue instead of trying to control it. Okay, so let's just break down what else, what could be possible. I've already mentioned some of these things, but these are just some thoughts, right? Instead of the thought of like, this is the end of us. There's no other solution. Here's some thoughts. Maybe AI isn't ready for all edits. Maybe it's not ready for all photographers, but it is the best option for some. Maybe artistic edits and incredibly specific edits aren't going to work very well. And there's possibilities for those, those editors to find a niche in the editing industry that they've never seen before, because they've never been forced to view themselves as elite, as luxury. A robot can't do your work. And if you fall into the category of being an editor, working with certain clients where a robot can't do the work, I think that automatically puts you in a luxury category and in, in a very, in an elite category, like you can't be duplicated. That's awesome. But I think AI and the journey into AI is going to, uh, it's going to weed out who those people are um, in a way that hasn't happened before. 
Um, maybe some photographers are not ready. Their inconsistent lighting is not going to work well. Maybe some editors decide to get curious about blending some surfaces and have tears. They offer more fine tuning. They add brushwork because they have time to do brushwork because they've, they don't have to do bulk editing anymore because they've blended AI into their workflow. Maybe some editors realize that the only way to lead the charge here is to educate and they start educating and putting content out there to show photographers like, Hey, you can use AI, but this is what you have to understand. You have to know how to find the same type of lighting when you're shooting pretty consistently. You need to have patterns in your tonal curve. You need to have patterns in the develop module so that when AI studies and trains to create your profile, whether it's with me or on your own, it really knows you right? That's why the KJ AI experience was so seamless because I am the epitome of consistency. And I, now hear me out. I'm not, (laughs) that sounds very braggy. I'm not the epitome of consistency all the time, but when it does come to my approach to Lightroom, it is super consistent, which I think that's why I had such an amazing, like blow your mind experience with this first session is because it was so easy to, to tell what Caitlin would have done. So what are other possibilities? Could it be possible that photographers are going to have to step it up and explain the the benefits of an all-in-one editing managing service. Like maybe you're not just an editor, but you're a manager. You are someone who takes on the entire post-processing experience and your job in marketing is to remind the photographer that if they want to grow and scale, they need to be behind their camera shooting. They don't need to be worrying about culling. They don't need to be worrying about setting up a profile. You'll do it for them, for AI. They don't need to be worried about find uh, retouches, you'll do that for them. They don't need to worry about checking a gallery after it comes back from AI and finding inconsistencies. You'll do that for them. You have to educate them. And as you educate them, and as you figure out how to blend AI into your business, potentially, maybe that's not for you, but for some people it will be. Um, What if another possibility is that this is an answer to scaling you never thought was possible? That's what's crazy is that I hear so many people that are stuck in fear, but I'm over here thinking, isn't this insanely like awesome, good news for so many people? Because you can still have your touch. You can still make sure you go through everything with a fine tooth comb, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, isn't it amazing? You could pay, you know, and get AI to do some um, bulk edits for you. And then you can wow your clients because you have the capacity to do more. I, is this all going to come to fruition? I don't know. I'm just throwing out possibilities. So is it possible that you could take on more clients, keep the same work hours, lower your price somewhat because you're going to take on more people. It's going to equal out to the same amount of income um, and be more competitive because of your lower price. It's going to be more appealing to certain photographers. You're going to spend less time in Lightroom, but you're gonna have the same income. It's, it's just a different system. There's more checking, tweaking and managing and less actual bulk editing. What, like, what if this is literally just a way to tweak your workflow, but it's not the end of you? What if you can give your clients an even better experience than you ever thought possible in less time? I just, I don't hear people talking about this and, and I get it. It's, they're not talking about it because most people are not in a space to think like this. They're just scared. They're overwhelmed. They're, how are they going to pay their bills? This is my livelihood. I understand that that is terrifying. It is, but now what? It's scary. No one wants it. No one would choose it. You're right. But now what? What do you do after you share the fear and you share the worry and the anxiety hits? Then what do you do? 
you have a choice. So I think there is a beauty to this. Um, I think it's going to teach a lot of us about how we operate in, in stress and how we operate in change. And the goal of this podcast was to introduce you to the concept that maybe this is not doomsday, right? Maybe this is not the end of the private editor. It's not, but it's going to take private editors believing that fully and looking for new opportunities. And you cannot see those opportunities when you are ridden with fear. You cannot see what's coming towards you, what wants to happen if you are obsessed with worrying and feeling overwhelmed. And I I get it. Think about it this way. A lot of us, and I've, I've lived so much of my life like this. A lot of us feel like if we're not worried, then we're not being responsible. If we're not freaking out, then we're not going to get as much done. If we're not trying to control something, it's all going to unravel. And that is just not true. It's not true. There is so much new growth and possibility on the other side of being free from fear. So I want to encourage you that this episode is for, it's for editors, but it's really for anybody. It's for anybody that struggles with trying to push themselves against the thing that's trying to happen in their life because they're so afraid of it. I really loved, and in full transparency, I re-recorded the end of this podcast because I had a really great conversation um, with Amanda and with some other people. And I just thought I should add something onto the end because I want you to understand I am not coming at you as a photography educator that could care less about what happens to the private editors of the world. I'm coming at you as someone who is looking at our reality and deciding not to be silent about it looking at the reality of um, our industry as a whole and recognizing that like I could be the educator that hides under a rock and never talks about the hard stuff, or I can try to help people survive this and not just survive it, thrive in it, right? We don't want to just survive. We, we want to be people that thrive even in the midst of pivots, even in the midst of chaos. And if you're sitting there thinking like, well, that's great for some people. It's not going to be great for me. Stop, stop it. <laughs> That is a limiting belief and you're going to stay right where you are as soon as you think it. There's so much out there, right? Think about your language first. If you want a first step, think about your language. Look back at the posts, the DMs, the text. Look at what you sent to people when you saw that my my reel went up and you saw that, oh no, KK, K, KJ's getting into um, you know, AI editing. Look at your language. That's the first thing you have to work through. What is your language revealing about your belief system? What is it showing you about whether or not you're just trying to survive or if you're ready to thrive? So until next time, if you have feedback, feel free. You can leave uh, a review. You can email me. You can DM me. Um, I can't respond to them, but I will try my best to read all of them. And I appreciate you being here. Bye. Bye.